What's up, people? Uh, good evening. Welcome to uh, Wine Tasting Sundays. Uh, so the the show. This is the second episode. I started recording this in uh, in New York, actually, with two of my friends um, before moving to Houston. But now that I have moved, I have to continue with the podcast. And tonight, I have uh, two of my people with me. I have uh, Neva and I have my my brother, the, the doctor, Doctor Wapi. So we're going to be interviewing him today. Uh, trying to pick his brain a little bit and uh, and try maybe motivate some of you guys out there interested in in science. Um, so welcome, welcome to the show. What's up? Thank you. What's up? Yeah. So basically, we're just going vibe. It's just uh, a relaxed atmosphere. We're just going to talk about life, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. However it goes, we're just going to talk. We we sitting down, tasting uh, good some too. some red wine, sweet red wine. Uh, so you know the. The point of the podcast is just to sit down with interesting people, have good conversation, great conversation actually, and while sipping on a on a on some on some red wine or white wine, whatever you know. So that's the goal. Free to introduce yourself. Okay, I'm Neil. I'm an accounting major. Hopefully, I'll be graduating by the end of the year, and uh, I hope to working for one of the top four accounting companies in the U.S. As a beginner, but at the end of the day, my goal is to own my own business and uh, be able to work between here in the here in the U.S. and uh, back home in Cameroon. Because one of my main goals in life is to see Africa become independent. I mean, a lot of people say Africa as a whole, but I would like to see. I would like to see all African countries become fully politically and economically independent. So. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, okay. I'm vibing, thanking you for listening to me today, and hopefully we're gonna have a great conversation together. Yes. I'm Ivan. Uh, I am a postdoctoral research fellow at Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. I study molecular oncology and genetic engineering. We are interested in understanding what causes uh, cancers, particularly squamous cell carcinoma in the skin. And uh, my background is also in viral oncology, so I'm interested in the cervix and the head and neck cancers, especially HPV-driven cancers. My general interest, I I love talking to what they call lay audiences, which are people outside of the science fields or, you know, within the the periphery of the sciences about what we do in the lab and about just medicine and science in, in, in general, and also learning from them about what are the, the, the things about science that are important or confusing or exciting. Um, what are some of the things that we can incorporate as scientists into our work to make it more relevant to the population? So, looking forward to this conversation. All right. Yeah. So this is, this is exactly why we have uh, we have him here today because we gotta pick his brain because whatever he just said it was Chinese. So I need some translation so that we're gonna pick his brain a little bit. We're gonna ask some questions, you know, just going you know, have a good time. So basically, um, can you talk a little bit about like when you started? Like, wh- when when was the, the the defining moment when you realized, okay, this this there's a there's a lane here. This is what I love. I'm going for it. And how did you figure out? Okay, I'm gonna go for this specific branch of uh, science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me it started as a, as a youngster. I, w- I must have been like maybe six or seven. Yeah. Uh, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. 
I remember when we were growing up, you used to like walk around the, the, the yard, just pick up like insects, like little things. I remember yeah, that. I used to be into yeah. stuff like that. You like, have to pay attention to that when you're kids. Yeah, and I, I didn't know it was something. You know, I know it was a passion that, that I was showing already. But I loved living things like butterflies. I love centipedes. To this day, I, I, I still, whenever I see a centipede or something, I always pick it up and, and study it. I love ants. Uh, I love flying things, uh, dragonfly. Uh, fireflies were my favorites. I used to go out and collect them. And it became evident to me that I just I wanted to study life. Um, it wasn't so clear that you could have a, a career as a scientist. You know, I didn't I didn't realize that was a, a natural thing. People, think. yeah, you know, people actually did that. And I remember there was a, one of our uncles, Uncle mm-hmm. he was a medical medical sales rep at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, medical sales rep. And he had all these medicines and, and syringes, which is actually <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. Now thinking about it, did they give me Jakarta? You know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, in his room, and I would go into the room, and I would I would collect the stuff that he didn't sell or he was disposing of, and sometimes it was syringes too, and yeah. I would play the doctor, really? or <laughs> it was very strange and very dangerous. Yeah. I think. It really yeah. Actually, it was very, de- really, it's, it's very, very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, but I would like do experiments on um, on uh, snails. Diff- we have different species of snails mm-hmm. in Cameroon. And I would inject them with different. And I would watch what would happen to them, and all of them usually died. But I would then study what kind of. Uh, <laughs> of course. Because, <laughs> like, they dehydrate when you. It's all, they're all water, mostly water. So when you inject them, I the saw that you. Yeah, the. The stuff leaks out. That's oh, weird. Sure. I never seen him do that. Maybe because I was just playing basketball. All the time. <laughs> yeah, they, they die quite quickly, oh, no. and uh, they live a distinct order too. It's an interesting. So, so I, like I'm telling you guys about experiments I was running that I didn't know were experiments at the time, but I was just fascinated to know how people, how things lived, how things existed. And then when I was uh, I think nine or ten, we my my parents sent us to France to study, and in France. Of course, the education system was a lot more structured, and there was a biology course, I think. Actually, it was anatomy, mm-hmm. and anatomy was also very interesting. I didn't do very well in that class at the time, but I was fascinated with the human body. And again, that theme of science uh, was sort of running through. Then, when I was turning, I turned 12, the family came to, to Pennsylvania in, in America, and there, of course, science is taught very broadly in, in class. Um, I gravitated towards that very quickly, t- towards biology. And then I was good at geometry. And then when I got to junior year, my biology teacher told me that I needed to enroll in um, the IV classes, the AP classes. So I took AP biology as a senior. That's, that's high school. That's high, this is high school now. Okay. I took AP biology as a senior. By the way, middle, middle school, eighth grade, ninth grade, I'm... I'm doing very well in geology, biology, so it's kind of it's becoming like the, the class that I'm just passionate about, so I'm doing mm-hmm. the best in. And uh, it was math and biology that I was always doing decent in. And uh, senior year, we get a project to study fruit flies and study the the sleep patterns of fruit flies and the chemicals that can That's cause them to fall asleep. Fruit, fruit, fruit flies, yeah, fruit That's flies. That's interesting. Very small, yeah. They're actually a big uh, model system for molecular biologists and oh. developmental biologists. Yeah, fruit flies. Most of the, the, the molecular biology that we know now, uh, the discoveries were made largely in E. coli, which is a bacteria, and, and fruit flies. So it's quite an incredible uh, specimen or, or species. And after that, 
after that AP Biology project, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this in college. You know, it was very clear that I wanted to continue to study this and to do this. And in college, I didn't, I didn't, I never was undecided. I never was questioning anything. I was biology major from the beginning. It whipped my butt my first year. I did so poorly, especially in chemistry. I just wasn't ready for the pace. Chemistry, like I said, that's nobody a, ever done does, uh, does great in chemistry. That, 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 that's, that's the, that's the uh, chemistry is the, uh, the, the, the course. That whoops everyone's behind. Oh, yeah, everyone. Really I, I never even met anybody in like a medical major that said, "Oh, I love, I, I yeah. love that." Stuff. Some people, it's just their thing. For me, it wasn't. General chemistry was chemistry, very rough for me. Chemistry's been rough for everyone. <laughs> and you know what's rough about it is that we don't have very good chemistry teachers. You know, I've, oh, I've really? seen. Yeah, they're, they're not. That's they're, interesting point. Yeah, the good ones are far, far and few in between. You know, chemistry is such an such an abstract topic that mm-hmm. teaching it requires a certain type of skill. Oh. Um, and I've seen some great chemistry teachers, and I've done well in those classes. But my gen- general chemistry teacher, my freshman year, I can't say it was that good. Teaching a class, perhaps two hundred plus kids, is, is a challenge in of itself, and you know you have to be quite skilled to do well at that. Okay. And I didn't do well at all with chemistry, but I did well in biology, and uh, I had to take chemistry, so I kept taking chemistry just to get uh, the degree requirements mm-hmm. met. And um, sophomore year, I started uh, getting the hang of college. I got into a lab as well, um, and the rest was kind of history. After that, I pursued a PhD, and then uh, now I stopped working. So that's kind of how my track went. That's that's pretty good. That's amazing. Uh, So many questions. I mean, it's not my field, so I I wish I could ask questions more. um, what What is it called? More, come on, should we do something? More specific, yeah, more specific questions. I wish I could, but yeah. Um, so that's that's the that's the parkour from uh, from a childhood to high school to college, uh, adulthood. Yes. So after after okay, so you graduate from high school, I mean from college. Now you move into. Uh, can you talk a little about the transition from from Pittsburgh to uh, South Carolina? Sure. University of uh, South Carolina. So I, I went to the University of Pittsburgh at Bradford, and the University of Pittsburgh system has, I think, five campuses all around the Pittsburgh area. And uh, Bradford was a great choice for me because it was a smaller campus, but still had the power and the resources of the University of Pittsburgh system. And the University of Pittsburgh is the fifth uh, <coughs> best-funded um, school. Uh, that's at the, the the Pittsburgh Medical Center. Uh, medical school in the in the country, so we had a lot of resources mm-hmm. for sciences. Pittsburgh, yes. Oh. And uh, I, I going there allowed me to shine because if I if I went to the larger campus, I wouldn't have had a, the the chance to sh- to outshine some of the very bright, uh, dense population of kids there. You know, but being in Bradford, uh, where we were only I think fifteen hundred on the campus, allowed me to really. My passion that I was describing earlier, like from, from childhood, really came through, and people could see him. And something is very different about him because he, I would dedicate myself so wholeheartedly. And actually, a professor, I didn't go and seek a a position in the lab. A professor came and approached me and said, I, "I've been watching you, and you've been, wow. yeah, you've been uh, really focused and and driven about your research, and I want you to join my lab." So he he managed to get me into his lab, and he. Uh, he and I ended up publishing three papers as, for, as a first author. As is, it, is there um, 
somewhere some people can go on to, to like if they want to read your work is, is there oh, a yes. website or? you can go on PubMed which is the, the popular probably the most popular site or database for uh, medical publications I'm also on Google uh, academia.com I think it is now um, okay, so Google, uh, yeah, I see Google Scholar or something like Google that. Google Scholar. Okay. Uh, Harvard Catalyst also publishes my citations, my, my work. You can go on there. And, um, uh, yeah, so I will have his name uh, spelled out for you guys if you want to do some, uh, you know, background research. Yeah, you should check out some of the work that I did. And in undergrad, I worked on um, molecular microbiology. We were interested in understanding how microbes from the soil were producing antibiotics. And uh, that was my introduction to, to really bench research at the time. And then um, from undergrad, it went really well. Now, 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 you're, in, uh, now you're in South Carolina. Now, now, after undergrad, I didn't, you know, I had, the, the, I had enough research background to be more or less competitive for a graduate program, but not a substantial amount to, to be competitive for a PhD program. So... Those publications that I mentioned earlier, it takes time to publish. So I had the data, but we didn't publish until two or three years later. So I had applied to graduate programs. I didn't have any publications under my belt. I just had all this experience and a few posters that I had presented. And I applied for NIH grant, a training grant called the NIH PrEP grant. It's awarded mostly to underrepresented minorities interested in the sciences. And uh, it's all throughout the country. I applied to, I think, seven programs. Um, Rochester had a program. Michigan had a program. Uh, University of Pennsylvania had a program. Hopkins had a program. And USC, University of South Carolina, had a program uh, at the time. So I applied to, I think, all of them, all the ones that I could see, and only got two answers. I got waitlisted at Michigan and eventually denied. And I, get, and I got an acceptance, last-minute acceptance at USC. Um, so I went down to Carolina. Uh, sort of reluctantly, but also enthusiastically, because I became, it was my last option, so I became so, somewhat desperate to, to have, to, you know, just glad to have an option, you know. So I went down there thinking I'm just going to do a year. Yeah. And then apply, come back to Pennsylvania or go back to medical school. I was still debating between medical school, too. So I was like, oh, I'll do a year, and I'll see where I, where I go from there. And after a year, things went very well. Uh, the, the PhD environment was exactly what I wanted. Like being in the lab, given the resources, and being allowed to explore the ideas that come through my mind was exactly like what I've been looking for pretty much my whole life, uh, probably as, as a kid. So that environment really uh, was, was conducive to, to excellence for me. And I stood out quite a bit. And I was encouraged to apply to the graduate program there, apply to the PhD program, my second year in, in the uh, in the prep training program, and I was admitted. And that's I did uh, what in total I think about five years I think five years in Carolina, um, obtaining my PhD, like I said in electrophysiology, and then uh, after that I applied for uh, postdoctoral fellowship. Interesting. That's very. That's a, oh man. And I, I like. I like. I like the uh, the fact that you're talking about. Uh, you know your shortcomings. How high was hard. Uh, you applied to all these programs. Only one. You know, got back to you. And, and look, yeah. look, 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 look at you now. Like years later, it's like it's amazing. I, I heard something uh, once. Sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard of something once <clears throat> where somebody said, "For every." Uh, like on a resume, right? For every achievement, 
there's 15 other failures that you just don't see. Like, no one puts on the resume how many schools they apply to. They you just, know what just, need they just to tell you the school that they, they, they graduated from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just made it in. The one shows you uh, the grants they don't they don't receive. They just show you the ones that they do receive. They don't show you the scholarships they don't receive or the scholarships they apply to. They just show you. Yeah, the that's the it's affirmation. You, you don't know people like. I mean, it's, I think it's just because we live in a world of results. Exactly. It's like nobody care about your failure as long as you make it. Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, if you're looking to educate educate people on background and on how to make it in life. We should, we should learn to tell them about our failure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's very important. And uh, you have to be like almost like an open book. You know, you don't, you know, don't share your whole life, but yeah. be like an open book. Every yeah. failure is actually a try, you know, a try out to better achieve, I mean, to mm-hmm. an achievement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just try to make it, just work your ass off. Yeah. You're going to fail, but eventually, as long as you keep standing, with that one opportunity, Absolutely. that's all you need. Exactly. That's all you need. And don't be, don't be ashamed of failure. Failure means that you've tried. Yeah, don't be shy about it. It's beautiful mm-hmm. to be courageous enough to try. Many people don't try, mm-hmm. right? I could have said, well, Carolina's kind of far. Why deal with the, with the uh, I guess, uh, exactly. deception or the... You know, that's a... That's a oh, my God. You can't make it anyway. you got to try it. There's, there's a phrase I need to find for you, for, for, for listeners, like... You have to always try. Like you never know. That we should not try. try. You never that. make it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to try. So. And through perseverance uh, and being true to yourself and to your failures, because you got to be... I wasn't always good with this, but you got to be honest about your failure. The failure doesn't mean that you're... you're something a loser. Or, yeah. or you're a loser or you can't achieve. It just means that you just, you got to look at what you've done, you're doing and how can you read reprogram it or reshape it to get it to where you want it to go and whenever I failed and I still fail I just applied for a grant um, last February and I didn't get it big grant and I, I failed right in the sense of whether I got funded or not but my goal now is to go back and look at what about my application was not strong mm-hmm. not you know was not sharp to get me to that place and I have to be honest about it and and then ask myself, can I meet the, the requirements? And if not, then I have to set my goal differently, accordingly. Okay. Um, but yeah, failure is a big part of my story. I think any person who achieves anything would tell you that failure, failure. I, I thrive off of failure because I study failure. I study my personal failure specifically. I take time to, to study why I, I'm not doing something well. And I, I'm, I, I'm honest. Some things I tried and didn't work, I let them go. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> At one point, I thought it was gonna it's, be. Yeah. It's like a relationship. It's like relationships. Yeah, you some know, things you try and don't work. You gotta get in there to realize how it works. Yeah, you know, you gotta force yourself to always try, always try. Be introspective. Go, yeah. come back. See, mm-hmm. is it me? Is it her? You know, is it me? Is it him? You know. <laughs> no, it's not true. It's me. So, <laughs> you know, I think if, I, it's, if it's you, just being honest about. Yeah, that. just like, just don't let yourself get down. You know, Especially in this country, so many opportunities. Like, I mean, a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. everywhere. I remember when I moved to the U.S. Like, I met that guy who was coming from uh, South Sudan. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Literally, the guy, a really nice guy. I remember, he was my first year in Boston. I met him in Malden at the train station, Malden station, and uh, I met him a couple of days again at school. We were going to Rosberg to um, Bunker Hill Community College for our first semester, and he was telling me about his story. He just told me that. Uh, he left South Sudan walking. He walked from South Sudan to South Africa. Walked? Walked. 
literally. He so walked. He walked. I mean, how so long was that? It took him a couple of months. Mm. Literally. Oh my god. Went to the jungle. It's like walking from Boston to maybe Georgia. Yes. And actually, last week, uh, in last weekend in Vegas, we met a guy again from Ethiopia. Man, how does we, that walk from Brazil to the United States? It took him four months. He was telling he was telling us his story. Then he was saying like, now that he did it. He's not, a, he's, not, he's not afraid of anything anymore hey. because he was a, he was a really harsh hard travel traveling the Amazonian jungle mm. he was really rough but he made it and uh, now that he's here he's looking at life with another high mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. such a different perspective you're not gonna be scared of anything you walk from Brazil to the US yeah. that's and, like uh, next level personally I'm not a believer like I won't say like, I believe there is a higher power but I don't believe in uh, religion per se but the story of that guy I met in Boston was quite interesting mm. he told me because he really believes in religion he's a Christian he believes in his God and he's really dedicated so he told me that as he got in Boston on a Thursday he went to a church on Saturday on, in Mo- on Malden and uh, he tried to talk to some people but uh, he didn't really felt like the, that, that church would be good for him mm. So he visited a couple of church that same evening, on on, on that same day. Mm-hmm. No, then he couldn't find anything. He slept on the street for a week, and the next Sunday he walked into a church and he met a guy that was even in more than a white person, about uh, 55, 50, between fifty five and sixty years old, and uh, he told him his story that he went to he walked to, to South Africa and in South Africa he met uh, a woman that was working from the American embassy. And that woman, she gave him a job, so he was just cleaning the American embassy over there in South Africa, or working for her, helping her outside, I don't remember exactly. And uh, she's the one that actually helped him to have a visa to come here to the U.S. Yeah, and, she's at the uh, embassy. Yeah. He, he, he got into the U.S., she helped, she helped him with pretty much everything, but as soon as he got here, she couldn't help him anymore. So that guy took him to his house and paid for his school to community, for him to go to community college. That guy today is in Harvard. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, we finished community college over there, and he applied to Harvard, and he got in. From somebody that has... I don't even know if he still knows where his family is. But uh, that's pretty interesting. He never gave up. Never gave up. He never Never gave up. up. That's an amazing story, actually. Yeah. All of them, from my experience, everybody that I've... And I've met some really bright people. Every single one of them have a story. I was just talking to a, a professor at Harvard at the medical school who's, to, you know, she's a young uh, professor and she, for some reason it was a happy hour. So her and I just connected and clicked mm-hmm. and we just started talking. And I was telling her, you know, I'm a young postdoc. I'm thinking about becoming faculty eventually. What is it like, mm-hmm. especially for, for people here? Your color, maybe. Is she, she, is she a, a black lady? She's a white lady. Okay. Yeah, she was a white lady. But I was just asking what is it like for, for everybody because it mm-hmm. is tough for everybody. And she was just like, you know what? You stick here long enough, you'll see everybody has, has a story. Like, nobody is just like a, fall from heaven and, yeah, and like, yeah. becomes a genius. Like, everybody had to learn. Everybody had some failures. Yeah. And she told me her story. And it was just fascinating to hear what she had, went through. Like, she started, she wasn't getting grants. She, I think she, she went to a few community colleges before. It was just like, to me... Seeing a Harvard professor would have been like, yeah. oh, you clearly, you know, oh, your, your whole life was just straight. all the time. Man. Exactly. And she's like, yeah. none at all. It's just been a grind. And it's just, I appreciated those stories because I keep hearing them. 
I keep thinking I'm going to get to a place where people are perfect or humanity is not humanity. Yeah, but yeah. you kept realizing that everybody has flaws. They hustle, they, 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 they grind. The as you do. It's the same it's thing. No we struggle. We don't want, want to focus. We, we're, we're all lazy. We're Everybody struggles with the same stuff. Yeah. Some people just figure out how to be perseverant. Another thing I, I was telling my friends the other day, I've seen this time and time again. I'm a very good observer. I'm not. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, as they say. But I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm the the best observer. Like, I've noticed this. The smartest person does not always win the race. I've noticed time and time again. It happens a lot. It's the perseverance. Like you, you'll think, like these universities and even the government are full of people who are not that the. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just people who are. Decent, right? They go hard. They don't stop. They don't know how to stop. They don't know how to give up. (laughs) They are good long distance runners, like in terms of life. They are good at being steady and focused. These people win. Like Barack Obama is a perfect example. Not far from mediocre. I'm not suggesting that at all. But he will say himself that it's not because I'm the smartest in my class that I got here as president. It's not because of X, Y, and C. It's a lot of. He calls it luck. But really what it is, is is a man who just has a dream and a goal, and that's it. He just goes forward. And some people are going to fall out. Some people are going to get sick. Some people are going to not gonna get the right uh, academic credentials to get to the next place. Something's going to filter people out. But it's not always going to filter out the people who are not, quote, unquote, smart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's oftentimes going to filter out people who don't have the grit. Grit is everything. Grit is the key word. Yeah. It's the key word. doesn't matter how long it takes. Exactly. Especially in this country, we're an amazing country because if you're in Europe, uh, like in Europe at a certain age, like forget about it. If you not done your law school, your medical school, it's very really hard. Yeah, you you're a loser pretty you, much. The UK has kind of changed that, but most of Europe is like that. It's, yeah, you know, it's, I remember even when I went to your graduation, it was people with gray hair, oh yeah. married woman, pregnant married woman. Absolutely, it was. It's like in America, you can be sixty, go back to school, get a medical degree. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, you know, people in my class that were people at the at the PhD level were all ages. But what's fascinating was the the MD class. People graduating with to be physicians. Mm-hmm. We had a lady in there, forties, you know, four or five kids. You know, she had been a nurse before, wanted to become a physician, went back to medical school. Very common. That's amazing, in America, man. That's amazing. You have a country that allow it. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful. That's good. That's good. I mean. That's an amazing uh, tra- trajectory. So now that young guy grew up in Cameroon, never even dreamed of you know dreamed of you know making it to, to the U.S. Because you know growing up we would travel a lot, but we never came to the states. Cause the state, the states just seem like so no, far. It's like Australia, like it's so far, it's like so far. nobody's going to Australia. It's like true. it's far, man. Yeah, it was like that. But I think it was like Europe for like, for the perspective of our parents. Yep. Yeah, Europe, Europe was just like the place to go. Yeah. France. Oh my God. England, Australia. Spain, mm-hmm. you know, Germany, Belgium. Yeah. But uh, you get to the U.S. You 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 come to the U.S. You go to a small town, you know, middle of nowhere. You do your going like you you couldn't never dream you couldn't never dream of this this the the, the like the how did the whole thing the scenario is playing itself out like you go to a small town you go to school there you go to a, you you get to a college you go to a small campus like you like people from from the outside looking it's like he's he's, he's, he's losing life oh, yeah, he's losing. everybody's at the main campus everybody's going to like these big I mean, schools and they said about Barack and yeah. I hate to keep going back to Barack Obama and I'm not biased I voted for him twice nonetheless but. 
I'm just picking him because he's an extraordinary example, mm-hmm. right? The, the the first you look at the, the just the, the the backgrounds and the the, the the biographies of the last presidents before him. You, there's a theme, right? You can at least racially, uh, perhaps even uh, culturally, his uh, presidency breaks that theme a bit. Yeah, he's and I think it's something to study. It's something to, like I said, I'm just observe, right? It's something to look at. Like what makes what enabled him with that difference to still be able to achieve what he achieved? Yeah, exactly. And he was like, like I said, like he. If you look at his profile overall, there are a lot of times people said, "What is he doing in Honolulu?" or what is he doing in Malaysia? Like so a kid like that is never gonna be able to lead. Like it's you wouldn't just a see. Step. You see what I mean? Like just a step. It's just a step just in a that step. long process. race. Yeah. In that marathon we talked about. And mm-hmm. don't ever. One thing I've learned, and I'm learning so much in Boston. One thing I'm learning is that do not ever underestimate the grind of someone. Like I was seeing, I was I was hanging out with this guy. I've been hanging out with him for months. Uh, we go to the same church. And you know, I'm like, what are you? What are you? What are you doing? And you know, we, this this is Boston talk. Like we, we everybody's always asking, what are you up to? It's such a uh, um, a vibrant town. Everybody's a student and doing something, so it's it's very common to get that question. Um, so we, uh, I, I I used to when I first met him, I asked him, what is he up to? He's like, I volunteer. Right? It sounds like mediocre, right? Everybody can volunteer. Um, and I talked to him a few a few weeks later. And uh, just this last week, he tells me I got into Harvard Law. And I'm like, ooh. You know, and, and, and for a second, I realized I, I must have underestimated his, what, quote, unquote, grind or what he was doing when he was volunteering. I must have said to myself, eh, I can do that. They, they said that about Iraq. I'm sure when he was in, in Malaysia somewhere or Honolulu, like, people must have been like, why are you doing this? It's not going to end up anywhere. You know what I mean? And. And he, you know, I think I think that that was the wrong way of looking at things. I even think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I studied these guys, kind of guys, and, and Donald Trump as well. Great examples yeah, of this. Actually, those are two great examples. Great I remember example. watching. Not only thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was watching. Uh, he has a documentary on Netflix called uh, Muscle Mania or something. I heard about this. You heard about it, and there was this. There was a powerful scene in the documentary when he talks about the death of his father, mm. and he said that. When his father died, he was prepping for Mr. Olympia. Yeah, I remember this. Remember that one, right? And uh, his mother is calling him just to tell him like your father just died. Yeah. And he, she's asking yeah, him. That's right. Would I you come? That. Would you come? And he says no. He says no. I, I cannot come. I will not come to my father's funeral mm-hmm. because, because he's focused. Because I'm yeah. focused. I, I have. Sheesh. I have to stay focused. He, he told to his mom on the phone, "Me coming over there will not change the fact that my father is dead. Is mm-hmm. dead. I understand." I feel his death, but I am focused on my goal. I'm going to achieve it, and as soon as mm-hmm. I'm done with it, I will come back to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And great. he went to Mr. Olympia that year, and he won. He won, and he, he went back. Win. He did. He did win. One of the greatest athletes the, the, this country and I think the world has ever yeah. seen. Yeah, nobody would have expected him at that time. When you look at when, when you look at his uprising, Nobody would have expected him to become Mr. Olympia. Yeah, you went to the army. Nobody expected him and to get another great story no. to study. Not at all. The guy from 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 Eastern Europe, strong accent, cannot cannot be understood. Rises to the the the, the elite level, elite level, level of, of 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 muscle mania. Yeah, bodybuilding. Muscle mania then comes here, and 
making the governor of one governor. of the and one of the biggest states. I think even, yeah. even, even, even going Before, to governor, yeah, yeah. like you, you even passing a couple of steps, he made it it's big enough to Hollywood. Oh yeah, one of the I mean, main yeah. stars. Where to they Hollywood. talk, they should tell him lose the accent, lose the like no now, he's like he's part of myself. That's exactly what we loved about him. I tell you guys this all the time. Like he got married to a Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> he became a governor. Example. Big, big fan of, of Arnold, man. And he's one of the Hard most work. Um, broad-thinking people. All these people who are quote-unquote racist or, or, or super conservatives, they are narrow-minded. Yeah, Anybody who's broad-thinking, you, you'll see, like, they, they never think small. Arnold's like that. Arnold can have a conversation with his five-year-old, and he can have one with an 80-year-old. Like, he can have a conversation with people in, no, no, no pun intended, with people in bodybuilding, and be a governor of a wealthy state. Yeah, that tells yeah. you that, you know, his ability to just relate. Yeah. yeah. You know? And to prove his worth, he got reelected. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's worth uh, noting. No, no, I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. I just want to update the, the listeners. Uh, we have a... Um, um, one of our, one of our, are you coming? Yeah, uh, one of our friends that just wa- stepped in, Jordan. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. You know, this is Wine Tasting Sundays. It's the podcast. Welcome. Just, just introduce yourself. Just tell, tell him a little bit about you. You're gonna continue the conversation. Uh, I'm Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to Texas Tech University. Uh, my major is mechanical engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mechanical engineering. You know, you. What are you trying to do? What are you looking to do with that? I'm just, I'm just trying to graduate and like get a little bit experience from here, like maybe five years experience and go back to Africa. Go back home. Yeah. All right. So you guys don't get to, the chance to to get to know them as we uh, you know continue this conversation. Uh, it's a great conversation. I'm I'm, I'm liking this. Uh, we learn a lot, and I mean the, the 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 point of this podcast, like I said in the beginning, I try to to touch upon it. It's just to basically. You know, I want to talk to young people that are doing amazing things, and I want them to like through their story. You can uh, realize and uh, be inspired and realize that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. You just gotta grind. You gotta go for it. I'm, I'm using an example of Dr. Wapi, like you know, coming like I said a few few minutes ago, coming from Cameroon, you know, moving to the to the U.S. to the small town. Going from that small town to university in a small town, going from that university go to uh, go to, to you know was a post post back post uh, university post back uh, university of Southern California. Uh, no, that was post, more like post back. Yeah, post back university of South Carolina. Go to post back at a, at a, at a college and far away from home. You know, like yeah. in middle of nowhere, pretty much. And then you fast forward like let's say it was in a movie you just fast forward a few years this dude is in Harvard now working you know how many people will pay to, 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 to be in, a, in, a, in his shoes just to have a, 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 just an interview you know at Harvard so it's an amazing and, and Harvard is like now it's like we blown we like wow but imagine tomorrow like this guy becomes president you're gonna be like yo remember we in Harvard we, you know yeah. it's like that life I, I'm you, something that blew my mind this, today. I, came to, I came to Houston for one of my friends who's graduated from medical school and during the speech one of her uh, parents or some or relatives said something that was very powerful because she, she's from a very poor family right in the, here in the south and he said, what, what else did we expect? Did, did we expect anything less? Did we expect anything else? And it, it blew our mind a bit. Because you, you get the sense of, you know, underrepresented minority, the disadvantage, right? But he said, it's actually because of that that she was able to reach that. It's because of that. And I, and I think 
going back to uh, what Louis's point was, coming it's, it's because of coming from that place, Cameroon, to a small town, going to these small schools, that those things shaped the hunger, shaped the grind. Because I knew how to grind in a way that perhaps people at a bigger school didn't, didn't know how to grind. Um, and I think it, it, it also taught me just how to finesse if you will and and also one thing that I I liked a lot about your story is that for me for example when I went to Penn State I went to a a branch campus my first two years before transferring to the main campus sophomore I mean yeah junior and senior year and when you go to these main campuses you know how it is big schools it's just party like you're not going to lie to each other it's just party you get get there it's like wow it's freedom everything's big just parties but when you see a small campus you're really bored especially like after the first semester, you've done everything in town. You've been to all the restaurants. You know everything. Yeah, that's that's true. Like so, for a young man to, to make the decision to stay, like, okay, I'm not going to transfer to the main campus. I'm going to stay here for X, Y, and Z. That that shows a lot. A lot of like, you know, I don't know, maturity, maturity drive, or focus, or knowing what it wants in life. Because and it wasn't all from wisdom. Part of it, you know, I believe in, in a higher power. I, I believe that higher power is called God. <coughs> so I think part of that was God, because I wasn't that wise at the time. At the time, I was more like I just want to be with my friends. I had a girlfriend who was in the main campus. I was like, I want to be there, but I didn't get accepted into the main campus. You still have to apply and meet the requirements. You remember right. that freshman year was rough for me. I couldn't get into the main campus, and that was a blessing in disguise. Because staying on that campus is when I got that position in the lab. My grades went up. My grades went up because I was like I was super motivated, thinking I was going to get in, transfer eventually. Mm-hmm. By the time I was ready to transfer, I didn't want to transfer because everything was going great, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so, and, you know, and you go to the. I'm sorry, but we cut you off. But when you go to the main campus, you become like a, in a way, become a number. I will become a number. I wasn't yeah. that good. I, I'm, a, I'm an average. I tell you guys all the time, like. The, the I'm not the sharpest tool in the, in the box by far, but I am very clever and I'm very witty and I know how to grind and I think that's taking me far. Yeah. I think Persistence. Persistence. I'm definitely not the smartest. I'm far from it. That's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Hopefully, some people can be uh, motivated and have questions. Can you can you share some of your social networks? Yeah, I'm uh, first name Y V O N Yvonne in French, last name W O A P P I. Just add me on. Are uh, you are you on Twitter? I'm, I'm not on Twitter yet. I'm, I'm about to get a Twitter account. I'm okay. Probably should get one. I'm, I am on Facebook, um, and I think I'm on Instagram as well. So yeah, just follow yeah. me. Yeah, Instagram uh, is W O A P P E R. Yep. Yeah. Whopper. If you have any questions, I mean, do you are you interested? In, would, would you want people to send you e- emails if you have questions? Can you share your one of your emails? Uh, my email is uh, ywoappi at gmail.com. Uh, I, I check that pretty often. I love giving feedback. I love giving advice. I love giving guidance. I'm currently a uh, a trainee at Harvard. I, I, I mentor undergraduates interested interested in, in science, mm-hmm. specifically uh, the MD or the PhD track. Um, I'm also part of a uh, postdoctoral fellows program at the the medical school there, where we are uh, engaged with the deans and um, and the entire university to promote not only diversity but also academic excellence. 
So I love mentoring. I intend to do this yeah. for forever. Yeah, mentoring is, is I'm trying to get into mentoring uh, with underprivileged youth in yeah. Houston, and I think it's it, it, yeah, it's, it's rewarding. It just feels good. And they need it. They need to see it. They need to see people who are you know that look like them, sound like them, have gone, only gone similar circumstances, and still are pushing forward. So. Yeah, I think I, I came a little bit late, so I'm just gonna ask a few questions. You don't mind, so like um, I heard like you went through a lot, like you, you said you're not that smart or anything like that, but yeah. your drive and everything made you become what you're becoming right now. Like, what are the what are the stuff that made you like? Yeah, that commitment. Like, what actually? And part of it was rejection. Right, you know, you, you you're tired of people telling you who you are based on numbers. Right, they see your GPA, they see that you don't get a grant, you see you don't get a scholarship. They make an assumption, and I'm like, I know me. I remember my 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 thing was my freshman year. I had a C in English comp, and it was my it's my it's my junior year. Yeah, C in English composition. This is like the easiest class you can take. People are excited, especially science people are excited to take English comp because it's a e- we all speak English. It's like it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I know this lady didn't give me a C out of the fact that I wasn't smart. It was a C out of mediocrity, and I, I think I was sl- a sloppy student in that in her class. But I emailed her when I saw the C, a pretty long email. It's the first time I ever did something like that. The last time I just said, you know, I, I don't, you, I, you're not, you don't know everything that's going on with me, but I'm more than a C student. And I, I didn't, I didn't like tell you. I would appreciate it if you take me to the side and talk with me. But I just said I'm, I'm more than that, and I explained to her what was going on with me. My freshman year, well, my junior year rather, my dad was diagnosed terminally, not diagnosed, but he had, was given the, 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 the final verdict on, on on cancer. So we had to, I had to quit uh, my junior year, uh, drop out of my classes to fly back home to get back home, and then eventually bury him. So I had to explain to her like, look, you know. It's easy to write me off because you know I'm I'm, I'm a probably a tall black kid who seems like he's sloppy with his essays, but I, w- I would have appreciated a little bit more, uh, perhaps concern from you. So there are times that drove me when I got stuff like that. I felt like my prof- and I had this many times. I think and I hate to bring this to a racial thing because you can ask my friends and, and family; they'll tell you I'm the least. I'm very centered when it comes to race, but I I think we all make assumptions and and and, and I do it. I, and I'll get into that later, but I, I do it too. And I know they do it too. And I think, uh, as, a, as probably as a tall black kid in class, who already was in that, you know, I was in the A student, I was already mediocre. Mm-hmm. The kid that would probably get that B, for benefit of the doubt, I'll get the C. I'll get the C minus. And I just wanted sometimes to just be like, you know what, I'm more than a C. And that really drove me. Um, that drove me to want to, to keep on showing them. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, even when I got this position at Harvard, I sent it to my mentor at uh, Pitt, who was uh, like working in his lab. The one with the, the bow tie that I saw at your graduation? Uh, um, the little dinner they had. The no, night that's, before that's graduation. Dean. Okay, but okay. I, I, didn't, I don't think you met him. He was a, he was a, a professor there. Okay. And he was, a very, he was very supportive. And I sent him the email. And he sent the email to another teacher, a professor there, who wasn't supportive. And I wow. knew why he did that. And he, he and I had that 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 um, he was from India, so he, you know he and I had that that same drive that the immigrant that mm-hmm. we got to grind it out. We're minorities in our departments in our fields, yeah. and I I just remember 
that he would he would do things like that. And so yeah, rejection definitely drove me. Okay. How how I consent, I'm sorry, but now I'm gonna go a little bit deep personal. Okay. This is about me. Okay. I don't want anyone to I I want I'm willing anyone have right now, see what I mean? Yeah. Uh I transferred like um uh, uh like two semesters ago, like last year to the Texas Tech, but I transferred as a chemical engineer because that's why I wanted to go first. Mm-hmm. And my first semester was, was really bad. Like I, I took two of two classes on not all of them were bad, but the two classes of my major, like my main classes that mm-hmm. I really need to take in order to move forward to a junior year, I, I did really bad on them. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I was like, well I think I need to choose my major because I don't want and then when that happened I went to speak to my advisor. She said that she said that uh, since I failed those classes, it's pushing my graduation year to 2020. Uh-huh. I was like, I mean, I really, I really, I really like chemistry though, but I was like, no, I can't, I can't spend that much time, like that much time in school and all that. So I switched my major to chemical. Then in chemical, my advisor told me that I have more chances to finish like in 2018 if I was taking summers. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's something I gotta do. But since that, those two classes actually messed up my GPA because I went from. <coughs> Went from zero because I just transferred my GPA mm-hmm. was zero at the time. I went from zero to let's say two point thirty five, and I tech in order for you to remain in the engineering program, you need to maintain a three point zero GPA mm-hmm. as you're going. Yeah. But if you fell off, they give you one more chance to bring it up, and then if you're done, they'll kick you out of the engineering program. Mm-hmm. And the mistake I made was that the two classes that I failed. I was supposed to take the same classes during oh, the next semester so that they can replace the GPA. I did that, by the way. But since, but since that, since that, I changed my major. I don't have the option of taking those classes anymore because those classes were not part of my curriculum. I see. So I took different classes from the, the new major that I, I transferred to, and uh, I did pretty good this semester. I only had one B. No, I had two B. I'm sorry, I had two B. I did pretty good, but since those two classes were still on my. Um, Transfer. Oh, my transcript. It didn't yeah, bring my. It didn't bring my job that right. up. I have like two ninety one or two ninety two, mm-hmm. something like that. And I want to speak to my advisor, and he said that since I changed my major, he doesn't think that it, it might, it might, I might trace something or they might kick me out or something like that. But like last week, they sent me an email saying that uh, since I couldn't bring my GPA up to like three point zero, then it, I, I've been kicked. I've been kicked out of the engineering program. Mm-hmm. So now. I need to choose another major, either economic or wing energy or all that. And then, if I if I want to go back to engineering, I need to take another major, take two semester of classes on my major, and I have to make all A's in those classes mm-hmm. in order for me to go back and start over engineering program. So pretty much, so I'm losing like I'm I'm wasting like a year like for free. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it and I spoke to. Uh, a friend, of, a friend of my body, and and that friend is going to, she's going to, uh, it's a school in, in North Texas, is in Denton, by Dallas, and she said that she's actually transferring there because she had a, the same issue, that there the GPA requirement is is a little bit low, and then um, they're not just offering mechanical, they're offering mechanical plus energy, so if you go there, you're actually getting a double major, but now I'm a little bit skeptical because. The UNT school is not that is a is a really great school. It's very known, but they are not, not that much known. I think it's like when it comes to engineering. Yeah, so now I'm just trying to think: should I just waste a year 
Or should I just transfer somewhere else? Of that, that's my main concern right now. But definitely, I don't want to waste a year. Be, like, before be. before somebody else answer, I, I, like I had experience with advisors. You have to talk to different people no, because no. advisors sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. The advisor I'm talking to, he's the best advisor okay. in the whole university. Okay. Everybody knows him. He's the best. He's the nicest one. He is the one that you can even take a class in another school and you bring, you're going to take it. Otherwise, others, they're not going to give a fuck though. So you have to take it at tech. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. But So he told me, and I, I, I mean, now I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I'm supposed to do right now. What, 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 what does it look like financially to, to, to stay at tech versus transfer? Financially, I don't really think that. Um, I don't, I, I think my, my parents can actually pay for my school. So but it's no problem. It's not a problem, but I I, I don't see it's myself going to school. Yeah, the like, timeline. Hiding another year or two more years. Yeah, because if I even waste this year, I will start back over. So I will start as a sophomore in the yeah. engineering program. I, I have three. I have three more years. But then you start over. You taking classes that you already got from the year. No, I'm taking classes. I was just gonna be keeping up because right now I'm a junior. I was thinking of taking. I registered for the summer, yeah. but they dropped me because they kicked me out of the engineering program. So after the summer, I was gonna be. Uh, it was going to be my second year junior, and then by January I was going to be a senior. Yeah. So that's how I, was, I planned everything because I wanted to be done by December next year or for the for the latest May 19. But now, if I go to if I if I choose like another major and get and take like two semesters to break up my GPA, and go back to junior program, it's at least ending of 2020 or beginning of 2021. For me, it's, it's a real long time. I don't, I, I don't really love school. I'm sorry, but I hate school. school for that long. I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't stay in school for that long. I just want to finish it and move on, and move on in my life. Yeah, then transferring might be a good option. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, I already, I already applied to the deadline was yesterday. I already applied just, just to secure it to see if I change yeah, my mind or something. A idea. I did apply and I'm, I'm just gonna right. send over my transfer. Yeah, I agree with you. I think transferring might be a good option. And um, yeah. I, I think it's, but then Texas Tech has to keep their reputation up, so that's part of why I make so the requirements are rigorous. Yeah, true. All of them have, I like that. They make it like that. There's a requirement, even at USC, there was a requirement for certain majors. They're saying, oh wow, so, so you register just to see if you get in, that's an option. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I just get a separate, they send me an email like that's not. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm, I'm, now I'm, what I'm trying to figure out if they're going to take all my credit mm-hmm. <laughs> from the community college. Like since you're coming from Texas, tech, yeah. from tech, they they they. they, 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 they I took I took I have like twenty four hours from from the north, from uh, from uh, Saint John's and from Virginia Tech University. So that the, those are the main classes because if they take those classes, actually I'm going to transfer there as a second year junior. Yeah, because right now I'm taking summer classes because I couldn't just stay like that during the summer. I'm taking two major classes of my major. So if those classes can transfer, I'll I'll be like I'll be almost done. Maybe a semester, uh, maybe a semester closer yeah, to graduation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's tough, man. That's tough. Those those that's tough. The thing I really like, but I, I mean, really want to move but, anyway. All right, so but now I just have to. Your your goal is to work five years here, get some experience, go home. Yeah. And if you go to this, the the new school, you get two. Uh, it's double major. Yeah, I think uh, it make me it more flexible. Uh, it might not be tech, but two a double major that, that makes you more um, flexible. Uh, flex, not flexible. Marketable. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you can find a job probably easy easily. Find a job in, in Houston, whatever in the U.S. Work there five years, and you go home. 
You don't need to go to maybe tech to, to because work at home. yeah, yeah. from graduating in 2018, 2018, 2020, that's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. That's a lot of money the parents have to spend, and it's more time I, I wasted. Think, I think the, the time is not my concern as much as like the waste of your time in terms of like having to take the same classes over. But is that what you're saying? Like I said, for me, the time is a big deal. Yeah. Like I, I, I hate school. Man. I don't know about you guys. Don't like going I to school. Man. I hate it. I don't. I, I, I don't think we. Hate, I don't think we hate school. I think like school has just took, took so much time in our life. And, just and, move and I think they need to they restructure it. Like they, yeah, it's, it's restructure. It. Yeah. So I don't, That's I, a big I, thing. I don't see my so it's boring to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, on to twenty twenty, definitely not. I, I mean, I from from experience, I mean. I moved to the U.S. in 2008. You know, I had a lot of a lot of issues, either financially or enrollment-wise. You know, and uh, from what I learned is like, from what I've learned out of it is like, you shouldn't make a right, like a rash choice. Make the best choice. It doesn't matter how long it's gonna take, man. I should have graduated in 2012. I should have graduated in 2012. You know, it's 2017. I'm graduating at the end of the year, you know. So it's, it's, you don't have, you don't, don't, don't rush, don't rush, don't think, don't, but don't I force yourself. To. You know, I understand it's a difficult choice, mm-hmm. but make the best choice. Okay. And I, I, I really think this is the best choice for me because guess what? I've been here and my dad already paid my tuition for like because the agreement I had with my dad when I came here is like he's just gonna pay for my school for five years. Meaning that one year for the English classes and four years for the four university, there's no way I can go more above that. And I've been here since what? They've been paying for my been paying for my school for like it's almost six years. And he's there complaining because I have cousins that graduate. I have his his friend children that graduate every day. And if I feel uncomfortable about it, for me it's like he wasting his money for no reason. And at the second, at the, I mean, at the same point. I, I really want to graduate seriously. Like it, I think it's a personal issue. Like I really, that that's my my short term goal right also, now. So thanks like, for making that point. I think it's something we should also talk about. It's like is the fact that we as African or some of us have the chance to have like parents mm-hmm. that can actually help us. I mean, because we still black, so we still a minority. But to have like parents that can help us to pay for school at some point or pay for rent or board or whatever. When most minorities here in the US don't have that, they don't have that. So it's the luck that we have, and uh, we always try to make the best out of it, which doesn't always work because, as a minority coming from another country, mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult for us to adapt and even also to implement, like, I mean, to, to get acquainted to studying to, to study here. <coughs> I think we should also. Discuss about the differences that we live compared to the Absolutely. people that are born here. That's great. You guys can, can you guys tell us about what your parents do back in, in wherever in Africa you're from? Yeah, my parents, for example, my parents he's a he's a he's a businessman. He had um he has a lot of uh, he had a company that do different thing like um, like uh, how do we call it? Immobilier, how do we call it? Uh, uh, real estate. Real yeah, real estate. Uh, he had uh, okay. Like he's selling parts uh, for a common Home Depot. Yeah. yeah, and we have a bunch of stores, and just 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 to mention that, so he does like a lot of different things. Like he's very, 
Diverse. open to business like diverse like really he's, he he create new things every day that's what I love about him he's really okay. he's a hard worker man and my dad didn't didn't my dad parents were fucking broke I'm sorry but he, they were really broke they didn't have nothing he, my dad left left his house when he was 16 years old he had to do everything on his own everything he had today I mean that, like that's, 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 that's that's I think that like, like most of our parents in Africa my father was born in a village you know he never knew his father his father died he, he's the last one of a family of 17 <laughs> yeah he's the last 17 kid. yeah he's 17, same woman man. I don't even know. I don't think he even knows. I doubt it. Nothing. I don't think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. I don't think. I don't think he knows. Same woman. It's impossible. Same woman. My my on my mother's side, my mom is the first one of a family of thirteen, and she's just with the same wife. Your mom was seven. That's why with my father, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say because I, I don't know exactly. And he doesn't know because when he was born, his father died. Mm-hmm. You know so. He's the last. He's, he was the last. So he never knew his father. Mm-hmm. He didn't knew most of his brother because when he actually was born, only four of them was, were alive. Yeah. One got eaten by a, a crocodile. Yeah. One died in the river. I mean, <laughs> that's even funny. Right? It's an interesting cause of death. I mean, as cause of death, you know, one got beaten by a dog, and uh, I don't know how you call that disease that you get from babies. He died from rabies, wow. and you know, my father was born in 1943, in 1949. So, oh, he's he, he, coming from a place when he literally had nothing. You know, he, he grew up in the village. He, he he went to high school. He was 16, literally. Like, he, he like I I remember him telling us about his story. Like for him, like school was something that made no sense like the guy that was going to school where the, the, stu- the, the stupid guy or the people that were hanging with white people you That's know amazing, in like from the colonization ah. so for him going to school was not something that he would have expected but life brought him to actually understand the purpose he realized that if he didn't go to school he would have never made it in work okay well something i want to add my dad when he was um Come on, uh. Like in middle school. Middle school, his dad told him that you, you went to school enough. Just your brother needs to go to school too. Yeah. He stopped. You, you, my dad. That, that's my dad, my dad you made it to middle school. That, that's how they go. My dad you made it to middle school, man. Not even high school. That's enough. He doesn't have nothing. That's how he so is. So you don't need it. He, he didn't have anything at all. Anything at all. You don't need it. Even here in America. Yeah. Unfortunately. Look, think about how uneven that is from state to state, from county to county. High school education is very uneven. It's not a standard, mm-hmm. standardized thing. So, I think it's the is the is really high school education in the United States is really the broken part of the education system. It really is because they don't build educate. high school kids. I mean, kids in the high school teenagers. They don't make them ready for college. Right, yeah. Nah, for the for the majority. Yeah, for the majority. I'm of advocating them. for education, but I agree, the educational yeah. system. And there, I think it's not, not not only here in the U.S. I'm coming from Cameroon. I had had my middle school and high school in Cameroon. Yeah. I am sorry. After living in Cameroon, I have to say our educative system has been broken for years. It's terrible too. It is terrible. We are born to remember. They make us remember. Oh my everything. god! You remember everything. That's the only thing you have. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I remember. You remember that? Everything. Yeah. You gotta write everything down. They cool. You have to read. I remember. I had to read about a thousand pages for exams. 
thousand pages There's of no books. way. How are you going to make it? Everything you have to make it, man. Baby, you have to. You have to make it. Yeah. That's how it is. And, and the thing is, the when you go to school here, like you might take one class this semester, and that class might not even help you. The next one, wow, in Cameroon, like if you take like these classes this year, the next year you're gonna. It's just to follow up. Just follow up. Yeah. It's just to follow up. There's no way you're gonna get to so the top and you'll forget about it. Right? If no you go, if you don't go to the sixth grade, you will never make it to the seventh grade. To the seventh grade, you have to learn what's in the sixth to go to the seventh. Yeah. There's no independent classes in Cameroon. Yeah. Everything goes along the way. But uh, the, in, in, I think a lot of things has to be changed because, like I was like I was telling earlier, one of the big things I would like to do in my life, you know, as a, to as, to live as a legacy. You know, I would like to have my name mentioned as somebody that did something for Africa, that left something behind, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, particularly in the educative system. Because I think as an African kid, I didn't know anything about Africa. I didn't know anything about my country till I came here. Yeah, we don't know anything about Europe. We don't learn anything about your own. We don't know. I don't know. I didn't know where I was coming from. I didn't know why my country was built. I don't know where the people in my country were coming from. It's like literally our history started in 1960, which is actually <laughs> wrong because we were there before. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, like I, I don't think it's right to teach kids that the day their country were like their life started the day they got colonized. Yeah. You know, I don't think it makes yeah, yeah, sense. Yeah, that's bad. It is bad, you know, because it leaves people like it, it, the same way. African American are left here with a stigma of um, slavery. Mm -hmm. We are left with the stigma of colonization. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you know, and it is something that we have to grow out to, to grow out of. Out of. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, um, can you guys believe that we've been here for an hour already? An hour and forty-five seconds. Oh man, I mean, the wine, the yeah. wine has been, the wine I has been good. The wine has been helpful. Yeah, <laughs> wine tasting. Like, the man. time goes fast. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a good conversation. I, I you know, I'm. I'm I'm happy to have uh, my brother here share share his insight. Have my friend have, have my friends here. They can you know show some insight about uh, their lives and hopefully whoever is out there listening, you can learn a few, uh, things or two, a thing or two about you know our lives and uh, and maybe you know pick some things that's going on in your life and see how you can improve them. Uh, so that was a. Uh, Basically, you know, we had a good conversation. That was the podcast episode two, Wine Tasting Sundays. Uh, I'm going to catch a few more interesting um, young people, try to interview them and have some uh, some good material for you guys. Um, hopefully, uh, you come back next time to check my uh, next episode. Uh, until then, have a good, you know, what, a good night, a good... Wine tasting Sunday, uh, people. Wine tasting Sundays, man. Every Sunday, go to church. Crush grapes. Later. It's been a pleasure. You guys want to say anything uh, before we shut this thing down? Go ahead. It's been a pleasure. Believe in yourself and go for it. Sunday, try Gallo Family Sweet yeah. Red. Gallo, Gallo. I mean, that's a. Yeah, you talk about it. It's wine tasting. Gallo is a. It's a wine. I mean, Gallo is an amazing wine. I I I, I really noticed this this thing when I, I went to Montreal, and I was noticing like every time we go to the store, the girls, the women would always be like, "Get some Gallo." Gallo yeah. Wow, Gallo, Gallo, Gallo. Gallo. I'm like, what's going on? 
but it's very smooth. And I think it's, it's one of the best kind of yeah. wine. It's a sweet wine. Yeah. I I, I heard that they maybe not. They're naming after grapes. Grapes? I mean, it's possible. It should be. Yeah. Taste it. It's good. I mean, the the point the, the, the point of this podcast, I'm gonna say it for a third time. Sorry. It's just to you know talk to amazing people and then drink some amazing wine and hopefully later down the line, some of these wine companies can send us some some boxes and we can try different things. Wine from Australia, uh, California, even Cameroon. I don't know anywhere anywhere that's crushed grapes. Send it. Hey guys, later.